Welcome to Body Signals, a Cygnos podcast. I'm your host, Bill Tanser, Chief Data Scientist at Cygnos. This is Season 3, Episode 7. On today's show, we have our resident dietitian and metabolic coach, Alyssa Wilson, back to share her nutritional knowledge. Today, we're introducing a new series of episodes, our tips and tricks for using Cygnos in your CGM for wellness and weight loss. On this episode, our first tip centers around how you can see firsthand the role that stress and poor sleep have on your metabolism. Today, we'll talk about how eating the same meal for breakfast in the morning will help you see how your glucose response can vary depending on stress levels and sleep, how dinner for breakfast can be just as exciting as breakfast for dinner, and how to find out your chronotype for glucose metabolism. This and many more insights. Now on to today's show. Welcome back to Body Signals. So happy to have Alyssa Wilson back with us. Hey, Alyssa, how are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's so nice to have you back on the show. For those of you who don't know Alyssa, she has been a co-host on the show. She also is a registered dietitian and one one of our uh, metabolic coaches at Cygnos. So... We are going to do something a little different today than we normally do. We are going to do some of our top CGM tips and tricks. And I've got a special one prepared. Those of you that have listened to previous episodes know that I'm obsessed with oatmeal. I've tried to do an episode without mentioning oatmeal. I think I might have one or two out of the 30 that we've posted. (laughs) I'm going to mention it again, but this is not an oatmeal only trick. So one of my tips and tricks that uh, if you've got Cygnos, uh, even if you're using a CGM from someone else and you're interested in coming over to Cygnos, one of the really cool things that you can do with a CGM is to measure not just how your body responds to what you're eating, but also to things like sleep and stress. And our top tip for today and how you do that is by eating the exact same breakfast every morning, the exact same ingredients measured out, exact same time. Try to isolate as many variables as possible by doing those things and just eat that meal for a week or two. The additional thing you need to do is then look for days that you might feel a little bit more stressed or maybe days that the previous night you didn't get great sleep tag those in your Cygnos app. So when you record your your meal in our food log, you can actually put a note in. So if you had a night of poor sleep, just type in poor sleep. When you log this common meal, what you'll see and what I've seen and why I found this to be so valuable is that if you have that exact same meal, exact same time, and you've controlled all the variables as best you can, you should be seeing very similar responses every morning. But When something goes astray, if you've got a big meeting and you're stressed about it and you need to prepare or you're trying to get your kids ready for the day and something has gone wrong there. Or like today, my microphone didn't work and Alyssa and I were uh, in the, uh, the green room of our recording studio trying to figure out which microphone would work best. On those days, you might see a very different response. This has been so valuable to me 
because it's made me realize how important it is to pay attention to ways of alleviating stress and also the importance of a good night's sleep. Yeah. I mean, and I hear it all the time from our members and I see it myself and I know the team sees it too when we do these experiments. It's just, we always underestimate the impact of sleep and stress. You know, we eat the same meal for breakfast, but there's something wrong with my CGM. Why am I spiking? Um, But I think using the notes section or the tags um, and just putting that data into the app so you can go back and see that. Um, it really gives you, you know, that information to see, okay, maybe I was really stressed this morning. I ate in a rush or maybe, you know, I had really bad sleep last night or I was up all night or I was waking up and now I'm spiking to this breakfast that I typically don't spike to. Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned experiments because the idea for this episode actually came. I didn't um, ask her permission, so I won't mention her by name. But one of our Cygnosians, one of our Cygnos employees, posted to experiments. And she had, uh, we were testing different breads. And she kind of went a little bit off script and was testing her response to a home-baked blueberry muffin. The first morning she had a response that was relatively low because she um, she varied some of the ingredients, I believe, in the muffin to make it a little bit more glycemically friendly. But the first day she had it, she was completely relaxed when she had the meal. The second time she had it, she had to get her little boy ready for the day. And she also happened to read, be reading her Slack messages, her work messages, while she was eating that muffin. And she saw... It was fascinating because the curve shapes were very similar, but the one on the day when she was a little bit stressed was elevated. It was elevated by like 20 points. And this was an aha moment for her. And it gave us an idea because I've been doing this for a while now. Um, You guys know I'm obsessed with oatmeal. So I can see, I mean, I can see my glucose. I don't need to um, even look at my, uh, my other data metrics I like to measure like HRV. I can look at my glucose number and get a very good instant gauge as to how stressed or well-rested I am by how I'm responding to that morning meal. So yeah. I'll give you the specifics of mine. I And you don't have to do this, so maybe we'll, we'll, um, we'll ask Aliska for some suggestions of other meals you could have. But I'm an oatmeal fan. As an experimenter, I look at oatmeal as a blank canvas. You know, you can cook this up. It's a whole grain. It's relatively healthy. But then there's all sorts of different things you could add. So I've settled on one combination of recipes. And Alyssa, you're going to laugh at me. I have a scale that measures to the, I think, to the tenth of a gram. So I'm (laughs) measuring out the oatmeal, the water, and every other ingredient. So yes, I I cook the oatmeal and then I put put in that oatmeal some um, very precisely measured out almond butter, which is very difficult to do, by the way. I have to zero the scale with a spoon and then put some almond butter on it and then keep adding a little bit till I get to the right amount. So some almond butter on there um, to make sure I get all the almond butter. I don't miss anything. I actually put it in the oatmeal and let it melt in the hot oatmeal. Uh, Then I put some blueberries, some flax seeds, some chia seeds um, and some cinnamon. And that's it. So I'll eat this at the exact same time, exact same measurements every single morning And like we mentioned, I'm taking notes each day, well-rested, not stressed, uh, big day-to-day, important meeting, microphone broke. Well, I'm able to record today with Alyssa. I I record these things. And then I'll go back in time and look at my responses like through the week 
and see, did I, I'll first just look at the graph and see were certain graphs higher than others. And then I'll look at my notes and try and remember back what was happening that day. And that is just so valuable in terms of figuring out the importance of these two things, managing stress and uh, getting a good night's sleep. Now, unless I know that some people are going to say, I hate oatmeal or oatmeal's got too many carbs. I don't want to have that many carbs. So are there some suggestions of other things that people could eat as their, um, their experimental meal that they might eat at the, you know, the same time, same amount for a week or two to do this experiment? Yeah. So, I mean, for those who don't like oatmeal, there are other options. Um, and especially when you're doing these experiments, you want to make sure that you're incorporating, you know, proteins, healthy fats, carbs, um, you know, real food carbs, like oats is a good example. Um, but other things that you can experiment with are fruit. So whether you have, you know, fruit with your, um, like an eggs and avocado and a piece of fruit, or whether you make a smoothie and add some fruit in there too. Um, you could even do something like um, a piece of sourdough bread, maybe with um, some avocado, some smoked salmon, or you can make it like an open-faced egg sandwich. Um, there's some other options, um, you know, so you're just not only eating the oats. But we want to make sure that, you know, our meals are balanced, and that's including protein, healthy fats, and, you know, fiber. And, and one thing that I like to tell um, some of our members when I'm working with them is it doesn't have to be a typical breakfast food. You know, when we think about our breakfast food, we always, you know, go to like foods that are processed or have lots of added sugars, cereals, um, muffins, pastries, things like that. But, um, you know, especially if you are in a rush in the morning or you don't have time to cook, you know, something like leftovers from dinner could be a great option um, to eat in the morning or some type of lunch or dinner meal that's not your typical breakfast. So you can include things like sweet potatoes or like some of those earthy, um, starchy vegetables too. So it doesn't have to typically be that breakfast food. Um, you can I'm kind of. I'm so glad you said that. I, you know, I get kind of stuck in eating breakfast. So I, I don't have a problem with eating breakfast for dinner. In fact, it's one of my favorite things to do. It may not be yeah. a smart thing because we'll talk about that in a minute in terms of carbs by time of day. But yes. Um, I think some of us get stuck in the fact that we have to eat those specific breakfast foods in the morning. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was traveling, I think I was in Israel, and uh, everybody was eating salads for breakfast. Yes. And yes. it just blew my mind. It's like, that's the wrong time of day for eating a salad. But then uh, I just got into it, and I was like, this is not so bad. So, yes. Yeah. Because it's such an easy way to get vegetables in because most of us are not eating enough during the day. And, you know, if we're not getting it in at breakfast, I mean, you can sneak them into frittatas and smoothies. But like if you're getting something like dinner leftovers where you're getting, you know, some vegetables, some starchy veggies some proteins some fats, like that's a great way to get in extra fiber, get in nutrients, vitamins, minerals. I mean, we want to pack in as many vegetables as possible. So if you're experimenting, I'm always, you know, wanting to say add some vegetables in for breakfast if you can. Yes. But if you're doing this specific experiment, uh, the one thing you do need is to have at least some carbs yeah. in your meal so that you have like, you know, maybe a moderate bump in your glucose. And uh, that way, if you have at least a moderate bump, you'll be able to measure the effect that sleep and stress have on your uh, your body. Where if you had no carbs at all, you're just going to be relatively flat and not be able to actually uh, see anything insightful from this experiment. 
Exactly. And that's where the oats, the fruit, um, any starchy veggies, you know, whole grains, things like that can come into play. And it, it, you reminded me of something that's also so important, like with the stress and talking about one of our teammates who experienced that, you know, looking at Slack messages while eating breakfast. I mean, it's so common for us to be in a rush in the morning and so busy and we're checking our phones first thing and trying to rush out the door to get to work or drop the kids off. And it's not just about what we're eating, you know, we're controlling that, but also how we're eating it. Um, That plays a huge impact um, as one of our teammates saw. So, you know, this is just a reminder for those of you who are listening to check in when you're eating, you know, maybe take a couple deep breaths, or maybe you take your first bite of the meal and chew it really slow, you know, just making, getting your headspace in that mindset to eat slowly, eat in that rest and digest um, space so we can really, you know, properly digest and absorb. That's going to help with any GI issues later on. Um, so we really want to make sure that we are just chewing our food slowly and giving ourselves at least, you know, 15, 20 minutes to eat that meal. Um, you know, we recently had a member write in saying, I'm eating the same meal and he was doing this for lunch. And he noticed a larger spike and, you know, he's wondering what was happening. And we asked, and it was his first day back in the office, you know, so just that change of scenery, eating while, you know, you're responding to emails or on the computer, you know, we're not really giving our bodies like the appropriate environment to properly digest and absorb these nutrients. Very well said. And I, because of this experiment, doing this same meal every day and noticing the effect that stress had on my glucose, I actually made changes to my morning routine. So yes, oh. that's an important one. We actually, um, it, it's really cool to use the Cygnos app for this purpose is to log your meal right before you start eating it. And a timer will come up in, uh, in your food log that'll give you how much time has elapsed since you started your meal. And I purposefully try and slow myself down and make my bowl of oatmeal instead of being a 10 minute meal, a 20, 25, 30 minute meal. Yeah. I don't have newspapers anymore, but I do have one uh, iPad in the house that I haven't set up email on. So I use that to read the paper because yeah. I also notice if I start going down the path of getting into my emails and figuring out the things I have to do in the day, I disrupt just the pleasure of eating a nice bowl of oatmeal. Exactly. And stress starts to occur. Now, I'm sure yeah. some people are wondering, well, why is stress bad for blood sugar and why is bad sleep? A lot of it has to do with cortisol release. So if you're stressed, your your body's going to be releasing cortisol. And cortisol actually drops your insulin levels. And because of that, um, your um, the glucose in your system can start to increase. It also, your body in response to stress can release glucagon, which causes the liver to release glycogen stores in the form of glucose. So all of this causes your blood sugar to increase. And you just... For health reasons, you don't want to have continually elevated glucose levels. It can do a lot of bad things. So, exactly. Yeah. And that's why this experiment, I think, is so important. And if I were able to give anybody a cool thing to do with their CGM, this would be the first one is eat that meal the same time, same measure, and see what you notice in differences. And then the next thing I would tell you to do after you do that is – just like you were saying with eating like uh, you don't have to eat breakfast foods for breakfast, I would eat that bowl of oatmeal at different times of the day just to see how the um, my my glucose is impacted for you know with a bowl bowl of oatmeal at 
8 a.m. when I normally eat it versus 10, 12, maybe even 3. And it's astounding to me the difference in the um, the glycemic response I have to that same bowl of oatmeal. The later in the day I get, the more my glucose increases. Yeah. I mean, we tend to respond to meals, like carb-heavier meals earlier in the day. Um, that insulin sensitivity works on that circadian rhythm. So we tend to be more insulin sensitive, um, you know, in we tolerate these carbs better earlier in the day versus right before bed. So this is another great experiment to see like how you're responding to that meal at breakfast versus lunch versus at dinner. Um, even we've noticed with members like eating a later dinner, just shifting that up earlier, they tend to um, respond to that meal a little bit better. And it's also because we're active and we're moving around during the day. Um, a lot of things, you know, come into play with this sensitivity, but um, yeah, I think that's such a great thing to experiment with that same meal, different times of day and, and see how you respond because we are all going to have different responses, but it's, you know, it's, it will be interesting to see, you know, is it, do you respond better at breakfast versus lunch versus dinner or a later dinner or earlier dinner? Um, it's a great tool to use in the app to see. Absolutely. We, you know, we had one of our uh, advisors on a staff call just the other day. Uh, two days ago, uh, Thomas DeLauer. He's been on the show. He's a, It's a great episode. It was early on in our first season. But Thomas made the suggestion that if you're going to eat carbs, you may want to front load them earlier in the day. And um, doing this experiment will, will probably prove to you that that is a smart thing to do. Although, I believe there is some research that's starting to come out that's um, telling us that people are very individualistic and that time of day can vary by um, by your chronotype. So if you're a late riser, you might actually have more leeway to eat carbs a little bit later in the day, but you'll never know unless you do an experiment like this and take that meal and then you know eat it at different times. And you can see how your body responds and then make some decisions as to, okay, maybe by 10 a.m. I'm going to try and lay off carbs. Maybe I'll have that oatmeal first thing, but I'm going to eat mostly protein and healthy fats the rest of the day with just a little bit of carbs versus the opposite of eating something very carb-heavy late at night. Yeah, yeah. And, and that can affect also like hunger the next morning and, you know, eating right before bed. It can, you know, if you're eating something carb heavy and your glucose levels are elevated during the night, um, that may affect sleep. Um, you know, even that making you have that poor quality sleep to where you're waking up the next morning, you may see a little bit higher fasting level than you may, it, it, you know, that poor sleep not only makes us more insulin resistant the next day. So you may see that bigger spike to the same meal, but also it affects our hunger hormones and our fullness hormones. So like we tend to crave, you know, more carbs in the morning. We're not really recognizing that we're full as easily. Um, so I think it's a great idea to kind of experiment with the timing of day and, you know, maybe ending dinner earlier, having that fast overnight, that extended fast overnight, and then having breakfast, you know, when you wake up, when's a good time for you? You know, we don't want those who are waking up later to say, okay, you need to wake up at now 5am and eat a breakfast, but really listening to your body and, um, you know, doing what is sustainable and like what works for you and your lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. It's just so, it's a, the body's amazing. I, I, I kind of think that the poor sleep thing is a little bit a cruel trick that the body plays on us because you get that poor night's sleep. And then the next day, as you mentioned, the hormones, it's ghrelin and leptin primarily. Your leptin, yeah. which is your satiety hormone, is suppressed and your ghrelin's elevated. 
And a lot of people, including myself, not only are you starving the next day and you can't seem to find foods that satiate you, but you're, you're craving the carbs. Yes. Yeah. We don't crave, you know, broccoli and spinach. <laughs> we, I wish we would. I wish we would, but we want something that is immediately going to get that blood sugar back up, you know, and just like, that's exactly what we're, we're craving. So, and again, when you mentioned like the cortisol and the, and the stress, like that is also another stressor on your body. And like when your body's under stress, you know, it's, it's meant to that that's, purposeful. And it's so we can either like escape or run or fight. Um, so the last thing the body wants to do is like to relax and properly digest our meals, you know? So, um, it's really important to kind of take everything and, you know, focus on not just the sleep, but the stress, how you're eating, the timing of meals, these, everything works together, just like our bodies. It's not one isolated system. You know, you really want to look at the whole picture. Absolutely. So we're we're very excited about this experiment. We're going to post this episode. For those of you listening who are Cygnos members, we would love to see you post what you found from this experiment in our Cygnos Facebook group. So please go ahead and post what you experience eating that same meal over a period of time and post what your normal glucose graph looks like and then maybe one if you felt like you were a little stressed or didn't get the best sleep and how they differed we would love to see your results yeah very interesting i'm excited about this one i am too Alyssa. thanks so much for joining us for this short little tips and tricks podcast and we look forward to seeing you next time all right thanks for having me Thank you for joining us on another episode of Body Signals. We hope you enjoyed this show. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to Body Signals on your favorite podcast platform. We have a special offer for Body Signal listeners, a 20% discount on Signos. Just go to Signos.com, pick out your plan, and get a CGM in the mail to connect your body in a whole new way. During checkout, you can use the code BODYSIGNALS, that's one word, no spaces, body signals to get your discount. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.